As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. All right, hey everyone, welcome into another episode of the Sleeping with the Numbers podcast. Dylan and Pat here, and free agency is just about wrapping up. Technically, uh, there's still a lot of time for these players to make moves, but I'm pretty sure all of the big moves are just about out of the way. And then restricted free agents have roughly another month to uh, sign their deals. So really the only thing big left to happen is the NFL draft, which we have here in uh, about a month, about a month. So in this episode, we're going to go over current free agency moves, who's the most improved, who is uh, who's worse. And then we'll go and we'll we'll talk some future bets for the NFL uh, pre-draft. So these are, you know, before we even know who's going where and before we even know team schedules, who explain who. Um, so these are way too early bets, but it's a good thing to discuss because when bets are way too early, you have an opportunity to get better odds. So we'll be discussing some of those today. But to kick it off, our question of the day is going to be pick one team that has improved the most this offseason and one team that has gotten worse. So to kick it off, uh, for who the team I think has improved the most, um, it, it's easy to say the Broncos because they got rust. It's easy for some people to say the Browns because they got the Sean Watson. But I'm going to go with Miami. And they, they've made a lot of moves all around. So they're sticking with Tua, which, I mean, probably expected here. Um, so Tua's going to be their quarterback. They franchise tag Mike Gesicki. So that's good. They lock in that tight end position. He's always been a, a solid tight end. Um, you know, if you play any sort of fantasy, you know you're only going to have like two or three actual top tight ends. But Gesicki is a good and safe outlet for Tua. They signed Chase Edmonds, who had a, a good few years in Arizona. Now, probably not expecting him to be the guy. He's a little too small to be the guy. That's why they brought in uh, James Conner in Arizona. Uh, but for now, Chase Edmonds is in Miami, and I think another safety valve there for Tua. They signed Dallas wide receiver Cedric Wilson. They signed Teddy Bridgewater to be the backup. Uh, they get uh, they re-signed Preston Williams, whatever. They signed Raheem Mostert, who had a really solid season with San Francisco a couple years ago before, you know, it, it seems like his, his issue is always going to be injury. And then, of course, the two biggest moves that they have, one, they trade for Tyreek Hill. That is massive. So now Tua has two weapons, honestly, probably two of the best wide receivers in the league with, with Hill and Waddle. And then they get him, get Tua some protection with Teron Armstead. So they signed him to a five-year, $87.5 million deal. He was the number one tackle that was a free agent they land him so overall Miami improving quite a bit here this this offseason I don't know if it's enough to put them in contention for the division against the Bills but definitely a fantastic step forward so Patrick, yeah I can oh yeah oh, sorry yeah I was gonna say yeah uh who do you have for your team and any thoughts I was just gonna say I, I agreed with you because I was hoping to pick Miami myself until you took them. Uh, I'm going to take the easy way and probably just go with Cleveland because to me, I think that in the grand scheme of difference makers on the team, I think Deshaun Watson, as long as he plays, is going to be that guy. Not super stoked about Amari Cooper for them. I don't really think it's going to matter. And I'm glad that they finally signed David. Well, I guess they tagged David Njoku. He was always the better tight end. He just never played because he was always hurt. So I think for that, that shows me that Cleveland is willing to take the next step because you already have a pretty good backfield between Chubb and Hunt. So honestly, I, I think Cleveland's going to be the most improved in terms of getting over the hump and actually being in the playoffs. I, I think this is probably the year the Steelers go to the bottom of the AFC North just for one year, unless we draft Kenny Pickett or something like that, and then <laughs> my opinion will change. But for the most part, I'm going to take Cleveland. Like you said, Denver's a great choice. Everybody wants to go to the Chargers because they got J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack, but I, I, I don't think the two players is really going to push them over the limit because we saw that in reality, like they're already kind of there. I'm not really sure if that's going to push them to the Super Bowl just yet. 
So we'll wait and see. Um, you could have also said the Colts yeah. by just getting rid of Carson Wentz <laughs> and trading for Yannick Ngakwe. So I, I think those are probably the three you could have went with. And talking about Deshaun Watson, he did get his contract signed. It is a five-year, $230 million contract with the Cleveland Browns. And probably the biggest telling from this contract is this year's contract has a base salary of $1.04 million with about a $9 million signing bonus. This is likely very, very low because he knows he's going to get suspended. And if he's suspended, it's uh, it costs you X amount of game checks, likely six game checks for him because I'm expecting a six-game suspension. suspension. Um, so he knows it's coming. The Browns know it's coming. That's why this deal got done the way it, it did. So he's losing the least amount of money possible. Um, the other thing here is <laughs> $230 million, all of it, is guaranteed. And he, again, has a no-trade clause. So uh, David oh, well, Mulugeta? I man, I I never met this guy, um, but that is his agent from Athletes First. Athletes First is a, a big agency. They have a quite quite a few uh, players, but good for them, I guess. You know, you're if you're talented and can play football, no number of sins is is too much. So Watson's there. He's making money with the Browns. So flip side of this coin, what team has gotten worse? this off season. And Pat, you kind of read my mind here with uh talk about Carson Wentz, you know, he goes to Washington. I immediately think they get worse, but I won't, I won't pick Washington because overall, I don't think they are. They've, they've lost the most. Uh, the team that did lose the most is going to be Seattle. Uh, they of course lose Russell Wilson, but not only that, they gain Gain is going to be in quotes here. Drew Locke. And right now they're they're looking at starting him for this upcoming season, which is horrifying. Now, even if they go, and let's say they trade for a Baker, uh, I, I don't think that is really much better. They could try to get Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't think the 49ers are going to be trading within the division. So the other option is maybe they draft someone. Again, that really, at least for season one for these rookies, I, I don't think there's any quarterback this season that could be like the guy day one. I think quite a few of them require a bit more development. Um, we're not going to have a Joe Burrow or, a, well, what they thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be. Um, there, there's none of those guys this season. So I'm going with Seattle. The loss of Russ is huge and painful for them. Um, they also lose Gerald Everett and Bobby Wagner. So just both sides of the ball, they're they're getting beat up. They need to have a really good draft just in general because every single position, it feels like they need something. So Seattle, I apologize, but I think you're in the rebuild stage. and. Steelers might be there with you here pretty soon. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. It, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I know some people are talking about Baker going to Seattle or someone like that. So would that change your mind? No. I, <laughs> Baker is like a smidge better than Drew Locke, but you're paying so much more. So I, I think that salary could be spent uh, elsewhere. Okay, fair enough. I think for me, it's probably not an, a true pick in the sense of the team that actually got worse. Like, because I think we talk about what team's going to be the bottom feeder, right? But you kind of alluded to Miami already in some of the moves they made. But what about the fact that I don't think Kansas City has really recuperated for the loss of Tyreek Hill? Now, they might do that in the draft, but Tyreek Matthews also still out in La La Land, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, for me, if I'm looking at the Chiefs, I think if you lose Tyreek Hill and Tyron Matthew, I think in terms of ex explosive players, I think that's going to be a huge difference because Travis Kelsey's getting older. 
We saw it last year that Mahomes struggled a lot, even with Tyreek Hill on the field. Now, do we assume that Juju and MVS are going to replace that hole? I don't think so. So I think for me, that's going to be, you know, something to really look into. Now, they did sign Ronald Jones, but he was good two years ago. So for me, I'm going to wait and hold my breath because we saw Jarek McKinnon was fully competent last year in the playoffs. So I don't really know what the thought process was in getting a Ronald Jones. Like, he's obviously good, but clearly he's not better than Leonard Fournette. Yeah, and that might be another thing here with Bruce Arians just hating him for whatever reason because he fumbled game one, and then he just rode the bench most of that season. But, yeah, I I like the Kansas City pick here, Pat, because, like you said, it isn't like they're at the bottom. They don't immediately go to one of the worst teams in football because of these moves, but they definitely – have gone down this offseason. Does, does it make you wonder outside of, we know that obviously Derek McCarr is the worst quarterback in this group, mm-hmm. but is Kansas city fighting for fourth now that Los Angeles Ooh. did get Khalil Mack and JC Jackson, the Raiders got Devonte Adams, the Broncos got Russell Wilson, and then the chiefs traded Tyreek Hill. That's that's a really good question. I so I currently I took a bet um before the Tyreek Hill, Hill trade actually that was very lucky of me for the Chargers to win the AFC West at plus 400. I think they're currently at plus 225. So that trade had a lot of implications and I think I don't think I'll put the Chiefs at the bottom just yet. I think Andy Reid's very, very good coaching and will be able to uh, roll with the punches of the changes that he has for his team. Whereas I feel the Raiders with their car, with a new coach, I, it might take them a little bit to get into the swing of things. Um, but that's not to say that in two years or beyond, the Raiders don't start to rise because you know, maybe that is the trajectory for these teams. Maybe the Raiders are pointing up now and the Chiefs are, are pointing down. You know, I don't think Andy Reid has many years left and he's kind of stated that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. For the Broncos, I don't know. I I, I don't think a lot of people want to ride this wagon that by finally having a competent quarterback, all of their problems are solved. I don't necessarily believe that now last year their defense was was very strong their running backs were super strong uh melvin gordon still hasn't decided what he's doing but um even if they just end up with javante that's a great backfield um their wide receivers tim patrick jerry judy Cortland sutton um man they they are all super talented and have never had a, a real quarterback to help them through it. So I expect them to do better, but I don't think it's enough to put them in that top two talk. I still think it's between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Let's talk a little bit of news before we get into the uh, the future bets. So uh, let's see here. Pat, uh, let, let's start with the off-sport talk. So uh, March Madness still going on. We are now into the Final Four. It is going to be Duke, Kansas, Villanova, and uh, UNC, North Carolina. So, Pat, from these four, you know, I I think this is a a wild, a, a wild final four to have. Not many people had it, and that's mostly because St. Peter's, you know, <laughs> making their way to the Elite Eight, the first fifteen seed to do so, which is pretty cool, fun to watch, makes it interesting. But out of these final four, who are you most confident in taking it all? Honestly, with the way that things have been going, I I thought Duke was going to be one of the teams that got kicked out early. But with the way that they've been playing, it kind of makes me upset, but I'm probably going to take them because North Carolina seems like they're just a little too hot right now. They weren't that great during the regular season. Villanova always kind of flames out. And then with Kansas... I think that that's going to be the number one consensus pick, but we know that ESPN loves storylines, and I highly think that Mike Krzyzewski's destiny is to win his last game. 
So I'm going off a of superstition and absolutely nothing about basketball. <laughs> That's the only way I, I pick basketball because I don't pay attention. But but I'm with you, Pat. I, I think it, I think I like Duke. Um, I don't think they're the current favorite though. Technically, I think Kansas is the favorite. Um, Villanova was looking good, but I guess they have some injury problems. Um, let me just confirm. Oh no. Okay, so Duke is currently the favorite at plus one forty. Kansas at plus one eighty five here. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I think I like that narrative of Coach K kind of getting his last uh, shot in here before he he's out. So I I like that narrative. Kansas has also looked really good. Um, we might just end up with a really good championship final. So Duke against Kansas would be very exciting. Uh, but overall, I'll take Duke, and I think uh, at 140 are, are still pretty decent odds. So the Hard Knocks team has been picked. It will be the Detroit Lions. So HBO is going to go and film in Detroit. You know, hopefully they don't get mugged or anything like that. But they'll be checking out Jared Goff, Dan Campbell, and the Lions to see how they rebuild. And personally, Pat, I think a big reason for this, I really think Detroit is going to take a new quarterback with that final pick they have in the first round. So I'd like to see the battle between Goff and whoever the new blood is. Yeah, I would as well. I think that that's a fair assessment. And it's also interesting how they gave them the draft in 2024. So that's maybe the other conspiracy theory going around is that this is sort of Jared Goff's last run. And then maybe they just suck for two years and wait till the draft. Because at this point, if if you draft a quarterback there, you're not helping that quarterback at all. It's going to be like Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. And I think that was a big problem with Trevor Lawrence. You know, of course, he was highly touted coming into it. And you cannot understate just how bad. Uh, oh, shit. What's that idiot's name from Ohio State? Urban Meyer. Urban, thank you. Yeah, I try to forget about him. Um, we can't understate just how bad that was for him as a quarterback, especially your first year in the NFL having to deal with that guy, the guy who didn't even know who Aaron Donald was. Um, but may- maybe it is better, you know, for a quarterback to come in, get a, few, uh, a year or so as a backup, learning from the current starter, I think that's key. And Trevor didn't have that. There was no veteran quarterback there with him. And okay, there was, but there wasn't a solid veteran quarterback there with him to kind of help coach him up because we know urban wasn't doing it. Oh, yeah, this is interesting here, Pat. So we, we talked about, I think it was during the football season, uh, what to do about overtime rules. And the team meetings and owners, they they had their discussion here, and they are going to try it out this season. So only for the postseason, they're going to try a modified overtime role, which ensures both teams get at least one possession. Now, my only issue with this, first off, I, I think that's fantastic. We, we talked about it. I think it needed done. Um, current system, bad. However... I don't like that they're going to test it in the most important games of the fucking season. <laughs> Why are we testing it in playoffs? That just seems so so backwards in my mind. Yeah, that tells me that they genuinely want to use it, and for them, that was the justification because in the regular season, how many times does the overtime actually affect the end result of the game? And, and not the end result of the game, but let me rephrase that. The end result of the season outside of the Steelers, right? Because usually there, you have maybe one or two overtime games in a regular season game per team. So yeah. maybe that was the logic is that it wasn't worth implementing in that situation. But I kind of agree with you. It's kind of stupid. Like either go all in or all out. It's doing it halfway doesn't really make too much sense. And, you know, we're getting less and less preseason games because... One, injury risk is always high in any game. So a lot of teams don't even want to play their their starters in them. So why not? Why don't we just use preseason as an opportunity to test out these new ideas? Um, even like 
even do a mock overtime. Like who? No one gives a shit about the score of these games. So just if you're gonna test something out, be like, okay, you know, this is the game or whatever. Now let's try out our scenario for um, for the new overtime rules just to give it a go. I, I I wouldn't mind that. People can be like, oh well, you know, we need these preseason games to see what we have in our rookies. You can still do that. Just have it tested out, you know, after the game. Do it at halftime. Who fucking cares? Like, we're putting way too much emphasis on the meaning of these preseason games, and and they do not matter. Well, that's that's a gross note. I, I don't think this is true at all, but Pro Football Talk says the Browns may have to eventually cut Baker, likely to uh, not pay him all the money he's owed, and then watch him land in Pittsburgh. Pat, do you think Baker would ever be accepted in Pittsburgh? Why not? He's bad. He's not Mason Rudolph. Okay, that's true. But would you would you rather have Baker or Mitch? I'd rather see him duke it out. I don't. I have no idea because to me, it's the same type of story. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I just think there's so much Baker hate in Pittsburgh. No, because I've I've made this comment previously. My dream is for him to come to Pittsburgh and become a Pro Bowl quarterback. And <laughs> just a big middle finger to the Browns. Yes, okay, I, I will happily that. throw away the season for that. <laughs> I don't care about Najee. Let's trade Najee. We don't fucking need Whoa. him. Throw Najee away. I just Baker's got his jersey. Se- damn it, <laughs> he's throwing seventy passes a game. He might have thirty interceptions, so he have sixty touchdowns. That's what I want. The Jamin Win- Jameis Winston way. Correct. That is what we're doing. <laughs> the Jaguars have now spent $175.3 million in guaranteed money on free agents this offseason, the most by any team in a single offseason ever. Uh, another st- stat I saw here, in the past 10 years, the Jaguars have spent the most money in the offseason than any other team. It was like three billion dollars or something like that. And they still have the most losses in that same time frame. So. Paying up doesn't matter. Let's see here what else we got. Uh, breaking news. This was today, about an hour ago. Bruce Arians is retired from coaching. He's going to move to the front office for the Bucks. Uh, currently, defensive coordinator Todd Balls is going to replace him. Staff is going to be told the news this hour. So Brady comes back. Bruce retires. Essentially, it's the same team here, just without Bruce Arians at the helm. Um, do you think that matters at all? Because it kind of felt like Brady was kind of making this his team to begin with. So any any idea on the impact of this? A team like that, where obviously his coordinators have been there for a few years, um, they're not going to change anything. Especially, I'm sure Tom Brady wouldn't come back to a team that's switching anything up, right? I'm sure he knew ahead of time that Bruce was probably going to quit. So to me, there's going to be no change. Let's take a break here and listen to an ad. What a good ad. I'm glad you enjoyed it, everyone. Welcome back. And now we are going to go through the meat of this episode, which are the current future bats and, and what we're feeling here. So... Now let's let's go through some future bets. Let's do we'll do like Super Bowl divisional winners. Uh what else we got here? Conference winners. Um and then maybe maybe we do a few team wins, not for every team because that would take forever, but for teams that have had like the greatest changes um this offseason. So to kick it off. Let's start with that. Let's go over to do, 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 the Denver Broncos. So Denver, they trade to they trade with Seattle to get their quarterback, their current line pat. Now again, we don't know who they're playing. They don't we don't know their season. All we know is they're gonna play the Chargers twice, the Raiders twice, and uh the Chiefs twice. So out of that, I that might be four losses, honestly, and then maybe one one with the Raiders. Um, in my mind, I don't know how you think, um, but you know, o- over under ten wins. I personally think the hype here 
is too much. 10 is difficult. Let's see what they got last season because I'm drawing a blank. Um, now, it's probably not fair to compare it to, to last season because they had Locke and Teddy as their quarterbacks. But, you know, just for a talking point here. Uh, last season, Denver went 7-10. and 10, So they're expecting, well, the line is three more wins than they had last season here. Can Russell Wilson get them three more wins? I think so. I think that in the sense, like we talked about earlier, that the FC West is going to be super competitive, but I think those three wins are probably going to come against non-divisional teams. So to me, I, I think it's definitely possible. Yeah, it, for me, I, I think it really does depend on the schedule, of course. And now uh, I don't personally recommend making some of these bets um, unless you're you're super sure, like if you don't, if you think they'll be one way or another, even against any team, then sure, take these bets. Uh, for me, right now, I I think I play the under. Uh, I should have given the odds here. The over is at minus one thirty at the moment, and the under is even money. So just because of that, you know, a lot of the times any over under, you're going to see the same value on both sides. Uh. But given that it's not, I think the even money for me is the play here. So I'm going to be taking Denver uh, to get under 10 wins at this moment. And who knows? Maybe they they get even better in the draft. Uh, Another team here. Yeah, this this is a super interesting one to me. Green Bay. So Green Bay, they lose Devontae Adams to the Raiders. They lose MVS to Kansas City. Aaron Rodgers is back. The backfield's the same. But the line is currently at 11 wins. This is another tough one. The the odds are exactly the same. Minus 130 for the over and even money for the under. Pat, who's Rodgers going to throw the ball to here other than whoever they draft? Um, And is it going to be good enough to get them over that 11-win mark? Just for reference. Last year, they had 13 wins, so just two over this current line. I don't really care who's going to throw it to because, like you just said, it's going to be whoever they draft. I mean, Robert mm-hmm. Tunyon had a great year a while back, but outside of him, does this make Alan Lazard a stud? I'm not really sure. But I have faith that Aaron Rodgers is going to be successful, so I don't... And I'm also debating because their division kind of stinks. I think that's the saving grace because theoretically they should get eight wins in their division with what we know about all the other teams in the North. Right. So I think I'm going to take the over 11, but I'm I'm very hesitant. I probably wouldn't make that bet, but if you made me pick one, I would pick over. Okay. Um, yeah, (laughs) this one. So I'm still on the line here as well. Again, maybe we see who they draft and we see what their schedule ends up looking like. We'll, we'll definitely come back to this before the season starts and make our actual bets. But, man, at the moment, with what I know right now, I think I go under just because I think that loss of Devontae is enough to count for two wins. Um, that's just my current thinking. But, again, it's going to highly depend on... Uh, their schedule. Uh, let's do Indianapolis Colts. Get rid of Carson Wentz. Bring in Matt Ryan. Line is nine and a half minus one fifteen on both sides. The Colts went nine and eight last season. So just based on that, I think they've improved by getting rid of Carson Wentz. I will take the over here. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I think nine and a half is a little too low, especially with the fact that I don't think their division's super great either. But what you're really banking on is what they're going to do a wide receiver. They're probably going to be another group that takes a wide receiver as well. Yeah, I, I like the outlook for Pittman. I, I think that's good, but uh, T.Y. needs to kind of retire. So I, I think getting another wide receiver is a, a good move for them. 
Ooh, this is a good one. All right, so Kansas City. No Tyreek. Their new starting wide receivers are Juju, MVS, Mecole Hardman, and really the number one wide receiver is Travis Kelsey. So currently their line is at 11, plus 115 on the over, minus 150 on the under. And uh, they had 12 wins last season. They went 12 and 5. I only think their division got better. So I'll take the under, even though the line or the odds aren't great. Um, But currently I lean to that under. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're going to struggle in their division. By struggle, I mean they'll probably lose two or three. So I I agree. I think it'll most likely be the under just based off of what we've seen in the free agency. This is a bet that I am willing to take right now. And I, I'm logged into my Bovada right now and I'm actually going to take this. So Las Vegas Raiders. And, you know, if you listen to this show at all, I am not a Derek Carr guy at all. Um, but they were able to pop out 10 wins last season. They were 10 and 7. And I think they're a better team than they were last year. Um, I think this might be partially due to Russell Wilson coming to the division, but I don't, I don't care. The line is eight and a half, Pat, minus 115 on both sides. I, I think I take the over. I guess if I tell, tell everybody that Kansas City is going to be the under, I guess you're right. I think we're going to have to give the over to the Raiders, and I don't like that. I don't trust them. <laughs> but I have to. Things have changed. Got to risk it for the biscuit. That's what yes. that, uh, what was that movie? Fired Up, the cheerleading movie with those dudes. Oh, the yeah, guy. you're right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We are clapping. We, we are clapping. Something like that. That was good. Know. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Miami, the next one here. I've already kind of hyped them up at the beginning of this episode. Their line is at nine wins. They got, they got nine last year. They are an improved team, but that means someone has to lose here a bit more. Um, and I don't know who that's going to be. This this one's super difficult, but I, I really like how much they've improved. Um, so I will take the over here. Just for the sake of being different, I know that the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this year, and I know that Bill Belichick Boy, is smarter than everybody else. <laughs> so... I'm going to take the under. It's probably going to be wrong. But it's the same thing for me as the Raiders. It's just I just have less faith in the Dolphins. Fair enough. Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, are you looking at the lines right now, Pat? Not actively, but I can get there. Uh, don't, 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 don't. Uh, yeah. what, what do you think our line's at? Uh, just for context, we went 9-7-1 and one last year. Hmm. Under nine. Oh, uh, what, what do you think the line actually is? Eight and a half. Very close. Seven and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so not, not, not great. Um, but that's another one that signals for me to take the over. The over is actually the favorite at the, at the moment at minus 125 and the under at minus 105. Just because Ben's out, we bring in Mitch, we lose Juju. I still think overall we are a better team. Uh, we got we the, went above 500 with Shit Show and Duck Hodges before. Yeah. Our defense has only gotten better, and I think that's the key part of our team that's going to keep us in games, and our offense will just kind of have to be you know, middle ground. And I think we can do that. So, Pat, I, I go over, and you know maybe this is a homer pick, but... Even logically, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I agree as well. I, I think that it'll be a slight over. I could see the Steelers going 9-10 wins mm-hmm. at the most. I don't see them breaking any records this year. We'll do two more here, Pat. Seattle Seahawks, they obviously lose a lot of their key players in on both sides of the ball offensively and defensively. Their line is currently at six and a half, even money for the over minus one thirty for the under. And that is, that is killer. <laughs> Honestly, they got just seven wins last year. So yikes. I, I think give me the under. Yeah, I think I don't really have 
anything else to add to that? Someone agrees you can go with the under. Washington Commanders get a new quarterback with Carson Wentz. Uh, last season they went seven and ten. Their current line is seven and a half minus one oh five for the over, minus one twenty five for the under. Give me the under. Oh boy, um, I'm going to take the over. Act your guy. Yes. So here's the logic. Outside of them and the Cowboys, I mean, what else is really going on in the NFC East this year? Do we, do we really think that the Giants are going to turn it around? No, but I, I I expect the other 11 games for them to get smacked around. Well, I so I'm thinking about this. So theoretically, they should be able to beat the Eagles. We know the Eagles aren't that great. Sure. We sh- they should be able to beat the Giants. Sure. Let's say they split one with Dallas, because that's usually how things like that work, right? Okay. That's... Five wins right there. I'm going to take the over. I feel very confident okay. in my lack of explanation for this. <laughs> All right. I like it. Let's get into divisions now. So let's kick it off with our division, Pat. AFC North, current favorites. It's really tied pretty much three ways. Um, and it's a little confusing to me. Uh, so the Browns current favorite at plus 200. I don't think people realize that Watson isn't going to be playing immediately. Or his, I mean, it's possible his suspension comes mid-season, like it did with Zeke. Uh, but they're at plus 200, Ravens at plus 200, Bengals at plus 210 after just coming back from the Super Bowl. And then the Steelers, plus 900. So I'll tell you right now, just for the value, I did already take the Steelers at plus 900. Um, I also took the Bengals at plus 210. I, I just think the value for both of those is is too good. This division is way closer um than than what it's sounding like right here and honestly i i still put the browns at the bottom of this pile yeah i guess if they don't if they lose at least six games without deshaun watson then i agree with that statement because i think they signed jacoby Brissett as the assumed backup right now yes so i think right now it's gonna be between them and pittsburgh but i think if i'm gonna pick one i'm gonna take cincinnati I think yeah. of the of the group, they show to be the most consistent in terms of their team because right now at the Ravens, J.K. Dobbins is projected not to play week one. So that's concerning. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one to me. Um super early, but we'll see how the odds fall later. South of the border. The AFC South uh, Colts are the current favorites at plus 115, Titans at plus 120, Jags at plus 650, Houston Texans at plus 2,500. I'm taking the Titans here. Uh, if Henry is able to stay healthy this entire time, they are the team to beat. Uh, they get rid of Folio, which doesn't really change much here. Uh, maybe they take a, a receiver in the draft, maybe a day two guy. Um, but I, I still think they are overall the best team in this division. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you and go with the Titans. I don't really feel confident in the Colts overpassing them until I see what happens in the wide receiver department. But I think it's definitely going to be between Titans and Colts for sure. AFC East, Pat, we just talked about Miami getting better and and better. Uh, Buffalo, big favorite. We finally have a minus odd favorite here. Bills at minus 200, Patriots at plus 400, Miami at plus 425, and then the Jets at plus 2,500. You got to go with the Bills here. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that if you're going to do anything as a a gamble, maybe take New England just because we know better. But for the most part, Buffalo should theoretically win this without much trouble. AFC West, this is another super, super close one. Uh, I said I already got the Chargers at plus 400, and honestly, I would take them here as well. But uh, Chiefs still the favorites, plus 155. Chargers now at plus 240. Broncos at 260, and Raiders at plus 675. So I think Chargers are going to be the ones that win it. But plus 675 for the Raiders, uh, you know, if we're talking break-even percentage and probability, I think that's a good 
value there. I think there's a decent edge for the Raiders at plus 675. But uh, for who I actually think is going to win, it is the Chargers. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I'm, I would roll with the Chargers as well. I would probably not gamble on the Raiders at all. And I probably wouldn't gamble on the Broncos at all. I think if the uh, if anything, if I'm going to take somebody just for like, why? what if this happens? It's probably going to be the Chiefs just because, again, it's the same thing with the Patriots. And we know better that they should be productive. Even though I said that they'll probably go under, it's obviously me giving an opinion. But if I'm putting money on something, I'm going I'm to take the most likely outcome, which is that the Chiefs should be competitive. Right. Moving to the NFC, the NFC North Packers still the favorites to win here at minus 182. Vikings at plus 275. Bears at plus 850. Detroit at plus 1200. I still think it's Green Bay's to lose, even though um, I went under on their uh, on their win line. I, I still think it's their division. Yeah, I agree as well. Even with me going the over. I still, I still don't really know what they're going to do with Devontae Adams' absence, but I, I feel confident that if that's the only hold that they have to fill, that they should be able to figure it out. NFC South, Tampa Bay, the clear favorite at minus 305, Saints at plus 500, Panthers at plus 900, Falcons at plus 1300, uh, Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's fair. Um, I think if I'm going to pick one as my backup, it's going to be Carolina. Assuming either Sam Darnold gets himself back together or they draft a quarterback and CMC stays healthy. NFC East, Cowboys favored, minus 121. Eagles at plus 325. Washington plus 450. Giants at plus 675. It's Dallas. (laughs) Yes. And again, going off of if you want to throw money and try to hope for an upset, I know everybody doesn't like to hear it, but I don't think Carson Wentz is that bad. Let's get a chance. Would you say plus 475? Uh, 450. Even better. No, I'm just kidding. It's obviously <laughs> a lower number, but why not at that, at that number? Yeah. The, the NFC... East always kind of seems to be a toss-up either way. Because what happens if Michael Gallup, because he tore his ACL at the end of the season, right? Yeah. What happens if he isn't the same player? And what happens if Zeke sucks again? Yeah. It, it, and then no Cooper. So it, it really all comes down to CD. And, and then they just have to hold on defensively, which we kind of saw towards the end of the year that they really weren't doing that. Which is super interesting because they're very talented on that side of the ball and started out super strong uh, with with Diggs just intercepting everything, but then that just stopped. Finally, the NFC West Rams, the current favorite at plus 150, 49ers at plus 190, Cardinals at plus 325, Seattle at plus 1,200. I think the right move is to say the Rams. I again I still never understand the San Francisco hype. How why are they at two? Um I think the smart move is the Rams, but for value, I wouldn't be surprised taking the Cardinals as well. Yeah, I agree with that. I think with the Rams, eventually it's gonna bite them in the butt selling all their draft picks for players, right? Eventually that's not gonna work. So I think for me, it's it's Arizona's turn. We kind of have talked about it where they're like the Chargers to us. They're on the cusp, and eventually that will kick over. If Arizona... Actually, they don't really have to do that much on offense. People just need to play and play to their potential, and I think that they'll be fine. So I think I'm still going to take Arizona win the division outright, so I'll put my money on them. I, I kind of just... Don't necessarily disagree. I think the reason that people like the 49ers is because they assume Trey Lance is going to break out, but how many times has that not worked? Yeah. So I, I understand why that they're so high, but I don't agree with it. He didn't beat out Jimmy last year, and Jimmy's still there. 
Like I know we we kind of expect him to be traded, but every day that passes is uh, it's less likely to happen. And I think if Jimmy's there, he might start still. You know, depending on how preseason that everything goes, he's too expensive not to start if he's on the team. And then finally, let's end it here, Pat, with Super Bowl predictions. Let's let's pick uh let's let's pick two teams from each conference um, that you're willing to take a shot on here. So let me just read out some of the top players here. Buffalo Bills and Tampa Bay are currently tied for the favorite at plus seven hundred. Green Bay and Kansas City at a thousand. The Rams at plus eleven hundred. Uh, the Browns and Niners at 1400, the Chargers at 1500, and the Broncos at 1600. So, Pat, let's kick it off here. Do a uh, pick, pick two teams from the AFC that you're willing to take a shot on. Well, I already mentioned Buffalo, so I don't really think I need to dive back into that one. But one team I didn't hear is Cincinnati. A little surprised by that. But Cincinnati if is currently at plus two thousand. The team I will ahead happily of them, take that. I exactly. will take that. <laughs> and it's mostly based off of value. Do I think that they're better than the Broncos and all that? I think they're comparable. But obviously, they made it last time, and they were very good. So I'm willing to gamble on that again for plus two thousand because to me, it's the same odds in terms of likelihood, not actual gambling odds, as Denver and Indianapolis, and I can name all these different teams, right? Yeah, and damn, I, I'm i with you 100%. I was going to say Cincinnati as well. So Buffalo, we both agree on. Cincinnati, we, we both agree on. Uh, just, just to be different, I think I will add another one in here with the Tennessee Titans. I think that they were on the track to do very well in the playoffs, and then they kind of got derailed with injuries. Um, the biggest injury being to Derrick Henry. So if he's healthy the entire time, if AJ Brown is healthy the entire time, and they get another wide receiver to to help them out, that they, they did get another wide receiver, Bobby Woods. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So even better, even better. Robert Woods coming off an ACL injury is a little scary, but he's not going to be in and out of games like Julio was. So as long as there's another guy there. Uh, to take some of the pressure off of A.J. Brown, I think they're going to be a very good team. Um, and then Mike Vrabel won Coach of the Year. So they are very talented on both sides of the ball and in coaching. So at plus 2,800, I would take the Titans as well. But, Pat, I still think the biggest value is at Cincy. How do you go to plus 2,000 after you were just there? Everybody hates Joe Burrow. Everyone hates Chris, apparently. That's why he gets slapped at the Oscars. Nice. Relevant, relevant. So, Pat, two teams for the NFC. Oh, boy. Um, Can you read off the odds first before I I make my decision? So I'll just read some NFC teams. Tampa Bay plus 700. Green Bay at plus 1,000. Rams plus 1,100. Niners plus 1,400. uh, Dallas plus 1,800. Um, these are all AFC Cardinals plus 3000 saints plus 3,300. Um, that's probably as far down as you want. (laughs) Yeah. So in terms of realistic shots, I think my value pick is definitely gonna be Arizona. We'll probably agree with that because obviously, like I said, I could realistically see them, them winning the NFC West. Now, what I don't see happening are the Rams going back. And it's not because I think that they're going to be bad this year. I think they'll be really good. I just think that the NFC is a little bit more evened out. Now, I told you earlier with Duke that I fully believe in superstition. (laughs) I fully expect Aaron Rodgers to win the Super Bowl this year and then retire. So, unfortunately, Buffalo will not win. It is not time. Aaron (laughs) must leave first. And that that is my vote. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm with you with the Cardinals. I think that's a fantastic value at plus three three thousand. They just need to bring it all together. Um they were hot 
for a while here and, and it just kind of disappeared. So I can see Tampa doing it again. I mean, that they're the exact same team as they were. So I think Tampa's decent. Man, it really, all these top teams are all AFC. I don't believe in the 49ers at all. I don't think that the Cowboys are up to it yet. Um, man. Saints, no. There really aren't that many teams I'm confident in for the NFC. So I'll go Tampa Bay. I agree with you on Arizona, and I agree with you on Green Bay. I thought they were going to do it last year. That will pretty much do it here. That's that's all of the future uh, bets that I can see here other than MVP. Does Aaron Rodgers do it three times in a row? No. I think that's too ridiculous. <laughs> All right. I like it. So let, let's end it there. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you want to get into some prop betting, I know there's no football going on, but it, it's coming. It's coming. If you want to do prop betting for March Madness, there's still, what, three games left. So you can do that with Monkey Knife Fight. Check out our link in the description. Your first deposit is matched instantly up to $100. So if you go and deposit 100 bucks you now have $200 to play with. Check it out. Monkey Knife Fight, best way to do prop betting easily. Look at our link in the description. Yeah, and while you're at it, check out BarkBox. It's a monthly subscription service that you'll get boxes delivered to your door with dog treats and dog toys, and they customize it for your dog. So I highly recommend it. I've used it in the past, and I think it's worth trying out. So you can actually get a free month if you click our link below. So give it a shot. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Cool.